0: This is music that Tchaikovsky brought with him to America. The year was 1891 and Tchaikovsky arrived in New York in April. His tour to the States was designed to allow the composer to conduct his own works at what was then called Andrew Carnegie's New Music Hall. Now we know it as Carnegie Hall. Tchaikovsky wrote, I go to rehearsals almost every day. The new hall in which the festival is to take place is magnificent and its size surpasses any halls we have. The date of that concert in New York with this work, the Orchestral Suite number 3, was May 7th. Tchaikovsky conducting this work on May 7th, 1891, his 51st birthday. This May 7th, we'll have a chance to hear an all Tchaikovsky concert with the northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic, conducted by a spirited interpreter of Tchaikovsky's music. I'm a very passionate person, and I'm um, a lot about emotions and close to my instincts person, so it's definitely a theme here that is about passion and emotion regarding the masterworks. And the second masterworks is going to be Old Tchaikovsky Program, uh, which is extremely romantic, of course. Melis Brunet, music director and conductor of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic, who will lead that Old Tchaikovsky Program this Saturday night in Scranton on the anniversary of the composer's birth as the 50th anniversary season of the orchestra continues. Nancy Sanderson paid a visit to the WVIA studios to bring us up to date and to invite us to the celebration.
1: We're excited and our patrons are very loyal and so they've celebrated with us throughout this season for our 50th and you know if the timing was just a little different it would have come during COVID and it would have been exactly the opposite. So we're coming back right on our 50th. It's great.
0: One of the things that is so exciting is not only is the orchestra tremendous, but you have a remarkable internationally known conductor who loves us here, right? She, she loves. Does. She does. Oh, she does. And you mentioned patrons who are thick and thin loyal because they love music and they love the orchestra. So it creates situations when, for example, we'll attend a pops concert. Just recently, people were dancing in the aisles, as you suggest. Now, Tchaikovsky, it's like you're creating not just concerts, but events for us.
1: Right, right. That's true. And, you know, I think about when concerts and shows travel through an area and people buy tickets and go, but there's no relationship amongst the audience and the people on stage. And it's just the opposite. There really has been a beautiful relationship that has developed over the years. And during the chamber concerts, we get to know the orchestra members very well. And Melise has made a point of getting to know community members. And so it's definitely a give-and-take situation and very friendly.
0: What did you think about when you said, all right, we're off and running in the fall? You were holding your breath. You didn't know you'd get to the point where you could do Tchaikovsky in the spring, right? Right. We we knew that
1: everything was uncertain. And we just decided to take a chance and not be timid about this, but get the orchestra back into the presence of the community.
0: What do you have for us on the 7th of May? On the 7th of May, we have an
1: all-Tchaikovsky concert, and it's all just such powerful music and so emotionally engaging. (laughs) So we'll start off with the Romeo and Juliet overture, and of course, everyone knows the Romeo and Juliet overture. Even if they don't know, they know it. As soon as they hear it, something triggers and they Think love. (laughs) And then we're going to do the Rococo variations. And that's a piece for solo cello. And our principal cellist, Alberto Perini, will be playing the solo. And Alberto is frequently playing with the Met Orchestra and the New York Philharmonic and Orpheus Ensemble. And he's just a beautiful player. And His story is interesting, and so I hope our patrons do read his bio when they come to the concert, because he's had a journey here as a non-English-speaking Italian coming over on his own in his youth to study cello. And so uh, I think reading about him is a very interesting story.
0: He's been with the orchestra, then, family. Yes.
1: Yeah, and we programmed the Rococo Variations before COVID hit. And then the next year we said, well, uh, Alberto will do it next year. And then COVID still continued. He said to me the other day, my wife is so sick of this piece. I've been practicing it for three years. <laughs> and then finally, we'll finish with Tchaikovsky 5, which is just so powerful and soul-stirring and wonderful. And one thing that audience members are beginning to predict about Melise is that her interpretation will be different. It's not going to be like every other recording or something. She's just, she has a way of approaching music that's unique and
0: exciting. And even though each piece was composed by Tchaikovsky, the spirit of each piece is quite different. We'll have a feeling of having a variety of musical experiences.
1: Yes, that's a very good point. There is a great variety of his musical styles that we'll be listening to on the 7th. There's a wonderful story I'd like to share with you. Usually on this concert, we have a Young People's Concert earlier in the week. And the music that we're doing for the Young People's Concert on Thursday is the Romeo and Juliet overture. And then we're going to do a medley of West Side Story music. And we're explaining to the children that it's the same story set in different time periods. And so we wrote a 20-page booklet that every child participating in the Young People's Concert receives. And... They have a chance to really learn about the music they'll hear before they get there. And of course, West Side Story is really accessible for children. And we're going to have the Scranton Shakespeare Festival join us to do scenes from Romeo and Juliet. So it's going to be a really fun concert. But here's the story that I want to tell you. At the Luzerne Foundation, there's a group of high school students called the Young Advisors Committee. And they're high school students who are learning the fundamentals of philanthropy. And so they raised money this year, and they listened to several nonprofits make proposals for how they might spend the money. And, you know, usually when I go to something like that, children who are in a poverty situation or a hunger needs, those always break the hearts of people, and music takes a last place. And so I went and I proposed to these high school students that They would send 300 sixth grade students from G.A.R. Middle School to the concert, which involves bus transportation to and from Scranton and Wilkes-Barre and ticket prices and everything. And they decided to do this. And I just I think it's so meaningful that high school students would say this is important for children. This is what they need. This kind of experience just gives me hope and that music nourishes another place of the body, the soul, and they, they recognize that.
0: And I would think that when the musicians are performing, they're aware of that, and it doesn't change what they do, but it must make them that much more excited to play because they know this is the first time maybe some of the sixth graders have heard music performed live by an orchestra. That's correct. And also,
1: as a former musician, I would be up there thinking, this is the next generation. You know, because orchestra members and orchestra leaders are so worried about the next generation supporting symphonic music. And so I'm sure they view that as really good news. I also wanted you to know that even though this is our final Masterworks concert of the season, there's still a lot going on. On May 19th, that's a Thursday night at First Presbyterian Church in Wilkes-Barre, our woodwind quintet from the orchestra will be doing a series of pieces that include Samuel Barber, Valerie Coleman, French masters. It's just a really varied program of wonderful works for a woodwind quintet, and I have to say our woodwind section is superb. It's such a good section, so I'm thrilled that they'll be at First Presbyterian Church at 7 o'clock. And the church is furnishing a reception for everyone who attends. So that's a really kind gesture to us.
0: And it's a lovely setting because the church is so beautiful with the stained glass windows, Tiffany windows. Yeah. Yeah, and the acoustics
1: at that church are wonderful, too. And it's their 250th anniversary, and so we are really enjoying sharing anniversaries together. Also, on June 11th, we'll be doing Peter and the Wolf with the Scranton Ballet Theater, and it will be at Covington Park on an outside concert, and it's free. And to see Peter and the Wolf choreographed really is an opportunity for young people who may not have the focus yet to listen to a whole piece of music without visuals. It's a great experience for them to have as they're being introduced to music like this.
0: And you had a tremendous response on a cold, wet day <laughs> when you were with Ballet Theatre of Scranton the last time. Oh, my gosh. It, there were at least
1: 500, maybe 600 people, and it was raining and snowing and wet and cold, and it, it didn't matter. They were all there bundled up and enjoying it.
0: Looking back, man, we don't know whether we're out of the woods or not, but what kinds of lessons with regard to music and the importance of music in our lives. What have you been taking away? Well, during COVID, when we were
1: all in a kind of a lockdown mode, I noticed that a lot of people turned to music for inspiration and for comfort. And they would post on social media and things and in knowing that we were able to write grants and get our musicians some work, not as much as we would have liked, but they had work and It was the beginning of the idea that when difficulties happen, that instead of reacting in a really panicked way, to think about it and be creative. And we've had what some people would consider several big challenges this year, and none of them brought us down, not a one. There's one more event I just will mention really quickly, and we're having a 50th anniversary gala on June 5th at Fox Hill Country Club. And if any of your listeners are interested in attending, there's information on our website. Oh, and I forgot one other important thing. The Philharmonic is back for July 3rd and 4th. We're not gonna bring the whole orchestra because we don't have the funds, but we're gonna bring 15 brass players and they will be playing lots of Americana, patriotic songs, and they will finish with a fantastic arrangement of the 1812 Overture, so we can segue right into those fireworks like we've done every year.
0: Nancy Sanderson. Executive Director of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic, speaking with us at the conclusion of the 50th anniversary season, with so many more events to come. This Saturday, May 7th, at 8 p.m. in Scranton, at People's Security Theatre at Lackawanna College, it's the All Tchaikovsky Program, and it just happens that May 7th is Tchaikovsky's birthday. They will perform the much-loved Romeo and Juliet fantasy overture, also a work by Tchaikovsky that is more neoclassical. It is the Rococo variations with Alberto Perini, the cellist, and then also Symphony Number no. 5. Melise Brunet, music director and conductor of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic, is full of passion, as she told us at the start, and she will lead this all-Tchaikovsky program. Again, it's this Saturday, May 7th at 8 p.m. at People's Security Theater at Lackawanna College in Scranton, NEPAPHIL.org, N-E-P-A-P-H-I-L dot org. And don't forget the other events mentioned by Nancy Sanderson. On Thursday, May 19th at 7 in the evening in Wilkes-Barre, it's the chamber music concert titled Windswept with the Philharmonic Widwin Quintet, Samuel Barber, French composers and more. And that's Thursday, May 19th at 7 at the First Presbyterian Church, 97 South Franklin Street in downtown Wilkes-Barre. Also, there will be a special 50th anniversary gala, and that's at Fox Hill Country Club, Puncanic Avenue in Exeter on Sunday, June 5th at 5, and also Peter in the Wolf in the Park, Ballet Theatre of Scranton on June 11th, Covington Park in Scranton. Lots and lots of chances to engage with the orchestra, But May 7th marked Tchaikovsky's birthday and the 50th anniversary celebration season of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic with the Romeo and Juliet Fantasy Overture, the Rococo Variations, and Symphony No. 5 in E minor. For more information, NEPAPHIL.org.